What's up, everybody? We are back. Season four of Vulnerability Leads to Victory kicks off with this episode right here. Yes, you heard it. You're like, what? Vulnerability Leads to Victory. Your boy, Sean John, back in the building once again. Excited to give you a whole nother season of people's stories and their experience, their journey, where vulnerability has led them to some type of victory in their life. I am super excited for this season for so many reasons. I am, It's not only that I have a great lineup this season that I truly just um, am amazed at how it's come together. It's a lineup of all women. This is like the women's empowerment, the women's just, you know, leadership, the women's everything season. As I, I truly begin to think about it, like the revolution will be podcasted starting with this episode this season right here and so i am excited for you all to hear what's to come today and with every single episode that's to come this season and so um you know we are going to kick off today um with the same format that you all know you're going to hear about definitions you're going to hear about framework you're going to get tips you're going to hear a story and then we're going to close out but i just truly am excited for you all to hear um this guest today uh this is someone who i met a couple years ago when i was a guest on a podcast um where you know really it was an opportunity for me to sit with um, other black men and be able to kind of chop it up about our experiences as being black men in society you know how we can help empower and encourage other uh, young black men and even encourage each other um, but just in my the small time of me being able to be on that podcast um, and meet this individual today's guest I just really felt like you know what when it came time to me putting a season together um, I knew at some point I needed to have this individual and so uh, this is someone who I can say that like it's not usually I might know some of the guests for a little while this is someone I really have not known for a whole long a long time have not necessarily know in depth but I can just tell that um, you know through some mutual connections we do have and um, just some, you know, different things that we've been connected to, um, that this is going to be an exciting time today. So to the Vulnerability Leads of Victory family, we are kicking off season four with none other than the one, the only, Joe G. <laughs> Joanne, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm definitely honored and I appreciate the enthusiasm because I was I was a little bit nervous. You know how um you know how like when you get ready to like do a sport or a game mm-hmm. or if you're if you're like doing a track meet and you're getting ready to run and you have that like nervous poop. Yeah. I I, I definitely had my nervous poop. So yes. it's all up my system and I'm ready. I'm excited. Uh, oh no, I understand. I used to um, you know, when I used to wrestle and box, I remember before all my national championships or state championships, I had to, go. if I didn't, yeah, if I didn't feel like I had to go to the bathroom beforehand, then like, 
yeah, it, I didn't feel good about the the yeah. competition, and so, mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, I I definitely get that feeling, and so, but yeah, no, I I like to bring the energy, bring the hype, because though we're talking about vulnerability, it's still like I feel honored to have each and every guest because vulnerability is still such a taboo topic, and so to be able to have folks that are willing to talk about it, um, I want to help kind of get them excited for. Um, whatever it is that they're going to talk about, because as many people know who have been avid listeners of Vulnerability Leads of Victory, with the guests that come on, I do not know what they're going to talk about other than they're going to be vulnerable about something. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I get to hear the stories and different things at the same time, um, yeah. kind of you all do as well. And so it, it, it mm-hmm. really is exciting. Uh, for yeah, that, this is definitely one you'll need popcorn for. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> if you heard it now, if you need to pause real quick now and go get your popcorn, go get your tea, whatever you need to do, uh, get your Olivia Pope size glass of wine, uh, do what you got to do, uh, yeah. you know, and come back. So, uh, but really, you know, I, I talked a little bit kind of how we first connected and everything like that. Uh, but really, you know. Is there anything else you want to say about that as well as like, why would you say yes to, you know, coming on a podcast talking about vulnerability? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we, we definitely met on that, on that podcast. We're at this, um, a co-working space. And so I think that's where we connected. I'm pretty sure you were on the podcast with the Black men that were talking about wealth and like race relations. So mm-hmm. that's how we connected. Um, my interest in doing the, the podcast, um, before you started recording, you'd said, you know, hey, you know, I, I had considered bringing you on a previous episode, um, but for whatever reason, it, it now seems like the right time. And what I told you was that had you reached out to me earlier than 2021, you wouldn't have gotten anything from mm-hmm. me. Um, it was in 2021 where I received a prophetic word mm. where God essentially told me that this is the year that you're going to testify. Okay. And um, yeah, so so that's what made me interested. It, if it were up to me, I wouldn't be telling nobody my business, right? <laughs> but um, but God says in his word that, you know, you overcome by the blood of the lamb and, and the word of your testimony. And so I knew that, you know, 2021, I had my, you know, vulnerable moment. And um, it's just been history ever since. No, definitely, definitely. That's I'm glad to hear that. That is definitely a a prophetic word because I think people need to hear our stories. People need to hear our testimonies because it's only going to, you know, really encourage um, someone else. And so Mm -hmm. I like to tell people. I remember um, years ago when. Uh, my mom, you know, has some health issues and, uh, and like, I remember she, she spoke at, I can't remember if it was a youth service or women's day or something, but basically like my mom was the, the, the woman with the issue of blood. And when Mm -hmm. she like spoke her word and everything, like literally it was like just so much opened up. And I think for others, you know, and a healing process started for so many as well. And so mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that you say, the, your, the testimony that you, you give is not just for you, but truly for others. Absolutely. Absolutely. I fully agree with that. 
No, definitely. But yeah, again, like I am excited to have you here. I am really excited to hear what you, you know, you have to say. Um, also for me, just to be able to uh, get more connected with you. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I uh, do. I like to say I follow a lot of people on social media is social media, but I pay attention to very few. And so mm-hmm. you're one of the people that I do pay attention to just because I think sometimes you realize that, um, you know, I'd like to tell myself, I began to mentally sometimes put people into different aspects of my community circle. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, but I also realized where, where would I love to have certain people? At? And I yeah. think that like, you know, um, it is people like you and being able to see what you've been able to do um, and the kind of different journey that you've been on, some different adventures that you've been able to start and everything. Um you know, it's been cool to see that. And I'm thinking like, I was even thinking about it today um, when I was driving into work of, you know what, God, like, I feel like in this season that you are truly saying, I have you in this season to make room for certain people to wow. help fill that space um, that's there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that you know, we're able to have a conversation because you were one of the people that came across my mind. So, so definitely. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm definitely humbled just, just by, just, just by being, being invited to do something like this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So, um, you know, how I like to kind of really transition through the episode is one of the first things I like to to talk about is definition and, and framework, because, you know, I think it helps people begin to understand um, you know, a little bit about how, what, of what they're going to hear during the episode and, and how it all comes together. And so, you know, for me, what I, when I started Vulnerability Leads to Victory and, you know, my story of, you know, what vulnerabilities look like for me, I've always said that it's this uh, allowing yourself the opportunity to be in the state of where you are, whether that's spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, like just allowing yourself to be there and not feeling like you have to process, you know, through it in in any type of immediacy. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's that's how I've looked at it. But for you, Joanne, like what is the framework or mindset or definition of words or, you know, that you use to think about vulnerability or being vulnerable? Yeah, well, I I see vulnerability as as a kind of like an emotional nakedness. It's mm-hmm. like where you're being fully transparent, fully open, like just being real and re- removing the veil from who you present yourself to be. It's like, you know, you have you have the real you and then you have the representative you. Mm-hmm. I think that the real you unveiling that involves taking a lot of vulnerability. I like that. So removing the veil, the the real you, but that that emotional nakedness, mm, oh, yeah, man, that <laughs> that hits huge um, right there because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you and I uh, we're both I identify as believers as Christians, like you know, followers of Christ, and I think that you know we understand that, like going back to the beginning where with Adam and Eve, and it's like that that nakedness is like. What happened? Like, oh, I was naked and afraid. Like, well, how did you know? How did you know you were naked? And I think that's the thing is, is that, you know, nakedness is become a thing where it's like, there are some people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm comfortable with it. But for the majority of the world, 
like, you know, there is a fear of being physically naked. And if there's a fear of being physically naked, I can only imagine being emotionally uh, naked. What that feels like in terms of that exposure or removing the the veil. And so, um, and, and ultimately, like, trying to get to where you feel like you can be you. And so I like that, that uh, emotional <laughs> nakedness um, and what that, what that can look like for individuals. So I, I think the, the other thing I think about with that emotional this mm-hmm. is, is that and, and vulnerability is that it is truly um it's truly more that comes with it. You know, I was watching an episode of the show All American the other day, and mm-hmm. it was really a, one of the characters on there. Um, he had a had to write a paper, and mm-hmm. he was having someone that was helping him write an outline for the paper. And the person said to him, was like, I really don't think you've faced any adversity. And ultimately, like, towards the end of the episode, like, he talked about this experience that he had, and it really was an adverse experience. But I think the thing is is that this character is also someone who has no issue, like, having their shirt off and being all goofy and everything like that. But when it came (laughs) time to exposing emotions, it's like, no, I gotta I gotta keep that part shut in. I gotta keep that part clothed and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I like that emotional nakedness as well is, is that you can be on the beach willing to have your shirt off and even show scars that you have and different things like that. But when it comes time to, well, explain to me how that happened. It's like, mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not ready for that. And so I think, yeah, vulnerability shows that you are getting towards being ready to um, emotionally, be emotionally naked. So, yeah, I definitely like So, So any last words on kind of definition of framework before we take our first break of this episode? No, no. I think that that you you covered it pretty well. All right. All righty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, all right, everybody, go ahead and take a quick break. If you haven't gotten your popcorn yet, go get your popcorn, your tea, your lemonade, your pub sub, whatever it is, uh, and come back. And we're going to jump into uh, Joanne's vulnerability leads to victory story. Be right back. We are back, everybody. So this is kind of what I like to say is the meat of the episode, everybody. This is the heart of the episode. This is the, you know, one of the parts where we really, I I like to just, I like it because I get to just sit back and, and kind of really hear the heart of um, each of the guests that are on this podcast. And it's it's time for the Vulnerability Leads to Victory story. Um, so for those of you all who are new or I know it's been a while between season uh, three and season four, uh, the, the vulnerability leads to victory story is a story of an experience or experiences or someone's journey where they experience vulnerability um, and it's allowed them to see some type of growth or understanding uh, of themselves. And so victory is not all happy-go-lucky, rah-rah, shish-boom-bye, anything like that. It's really just the victory of growth 
um, for, you know, that individual and how they are continuing to possibly even see what that growth will look like down the line. So now that all that has been said, Joanne, take it away. What is your vulnerability leads to victory story? So my story is akin to, I, I want you to, to imagine for a second that that one thing, and we all have it, that that one thing that you tell yourself silently, I'm taking this one to the grave with me. Mm. My vulnerability leads to victory story involves sharing the testimony that I have that encompasses that one thing that I said I would take to the grave. Um, so like I shared earlier, you know, 2021, God shared with me, this is going to be the year that you testify. And, you know, at the time I had a testimony that was about 10 years old that I had only shared with a handful of people. When I said handful, I can probably count on a couple fingers of one hand, how many people I shared the testimony with. And so, um, all last year I got confirmation on confirmation on confirmation things that, that you it, it was just not a coincidence. I had about five people who had I had known for years, um, vulnerable, had, had shared their testimony with me and their testimony mirrored mine. Mm. And I had no idea this wasn't a conversation that was prompted or any of that. Um, I had dreams where um, there were women and men com- coming up to me and sharing with me um, the impact of how sharing my testimony moved them. And I would wake up with from these dreams with um, a level of like emotional sensitivity that is like unmatched with the emotions that you experience here on earth. Like it, it was just, you, you imagine being sad and times that by a thousand, mm. like waking up unconsolable, being able, like being unable to console my, my tears. Mm. So, um, yeah, so so what ended up happening is 10 years ago, now going on 11 years ago, on 11-11-11, I celelebrated my 21, um, my 20, it was my 20th birthday, and um, I decided to have like a huge house party, um, had a bunch of people over. I was in a whole situationship at the time, and um, so I, I celebrated my birthday, had a good old time, my little I don't, you can't even call him a boyfriend because it's a whole situation ship, but you know, he had come over and, um, it was, it was seven days later that I'd realized that he, he gave me birthday gifts that I didn't want. Mm. And so I found myself at North Florida hospital, um, experiencing the, the best way that I can describe it is a thorn in the flesh pain. Mm. And um, went to the hospital and I found myself laying on a hospital bed with a doctor looking at me in the eye and telling me, you have herpes. Seven, seven days after my birthday. And so I got in the car, you know, after that, the doctor kind of, you know, gave me the little spiel, handed me a pamphlet, you know, with all of these word curses, like there's no cure. You may struggle with infertility, like all of these things. And I get in the car and I let this man have it. I'm like going off. Um, I am bawling my eyeballs out. And, you know, we're on the way, like riding back to his apartment. And I'm begging him to just drive off the interstate, Mm -hmm. just drive off the interstate. Like there's no point in, in any of this anymore. 
And so what, what ended up following, like the next two weeks were what I now know to be like the, the only major depressive episode that I had. I didn't eat. Um, I had maybe a couple bites of a sandwich that week. I slept all day. I slept all night. I woke up just to cry and to use the bathroom and to go back to bed. And I uh, stopped taking classes. I stopped going to my classes, um, stopped engaging in school. Um, and I was just really having a hard time. And I had so much shame that though I know I needed counseling um, and I needed to speak with a friend about what was going on, I just had too much shame to be a- able to even take that step. Mm. And so um, fast forward about a year, I had a really good friend who happened to be like a, a brother, a fraternity brother to this guy who invited me to a church. And I was already involved in a church, but I was kind of reaching a place that I didn't feel like I was growing spiritually. So he invited me to this church and um, he 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 did something that I was not not very used to. And it was after church services every Sunday, he would schedule a time to meet with me to disciple me. Like we had um, Bible studies about what was preached at church. Um, He'd ask me questions like, what did you get from the service and how do you plan on implementing it? And he would Skype his girlfriend in and um, she was serving, um, she was serving abroad at the time. And I remember just, just like asking, wondering a, a couple of things like, how am I so blessed to have these two people discipling me? And how do you guys have the, the, that, that level of trust to be able to, where you're coming over here, she's in a whole nother country and she trusts you enough to be here. So I remember having that conversation with him. And he was like, you know, we just trust you. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, you know, we believe in divine connections and, you know, this is something that we feel like it's got orchestrated. And so um, it, it it made sense. It made sense. The girl his girlfriend, um, when she was in town, we'd like link up together. We'd go out to eat. And she reached out to me one day, completely out of the blue. I wasn't celebrating anything. And I had a home-based hair business that I ran. It was my little side hustle as I was making money on the side for school. And um, she said, I want to bless you with some shears. And I was like, okay, cool. So we linked up and we met up at Sally's. And while we're in front of the store, um, I think this was after we had purchased the shears, we're in front of the store, we're talking and her boyfriend, who I thought was her boyfriend at the time, you know, walked into the store next door. I see him. I know you see him, but she didn't speak. And I was just like, what's going on? And she was like, oh, we're not together anymore. And I was like, come on, like how you guys share the same spiritual foundation, the same spiritual principles, like you align on so many things and y'all have the level of trust, like what's going on? And she just shared with me. She said, I settled. She said, you know, I settled with this guy. He's a great man, no complaints, but I settled with him because I didn't feel worthy of anyone else. And I didn't feel like anybody else would know me Mm. knowing my history. And she shared with me in front of that store that she had herpes. Mm. And immediately God revealed to me the reason for that connection, because up until that point, I knew nobody who was a believer, um, believe in God and who identified with the story that I had. Mm. And so we're in front of the store, like bawling, crying. And I just said, me too. And I hugged her or whatever. And we kind of go about our business. Now we were, we were all a part of the same church. 
And so there was a Sunday after I had become a member of this church, you know, rededicated my life. There was a Sunday where we're sitting down next to each other and the pastor does something pretty unusual um, from what I had seen being a member for a couple of weeks. And he usually ends every service with doing an altar call, you know, comp- commissioning people who want to rededicate their lives to Christ or who want to receive salvation. And he always did a second one for um, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. But on this Sunday in particular, he just, he just said, you know, there's this, for whatever reason, I feel really compelled to um, do a third altar call and to commission people who are believing God for healing. And he was just like, it's it's not something that we usually do here, but for whatever I feel like the Holy Spirit is doing this, if you want healing, come on up. So I look at her, she looks at me. I look at her, she looks at me. (laughs) We both go up to the altar, right? And I I remember, you know, scanning the, the front of the altar, looking at the elders and looking at the pastors there. And there's one particular pastor, um, he he did the college ministry and I had seen him pray for people. I had, I had seen him pray for people who had legs that were uneven and are watching them grow. Mm. You know, I had seen him do things like that in the college ministry. And I'm like, I need that one to pray for me. I don't know about all y'all. <laughs> I know this man, when he prays, he gets results. And so, you know, um, he greets me, holds my hand and he's like, what do you need prayer for? And I'm so I'm still at a place where I'm very ashamed. Um, uh, aside from the guy who took me to the hospital, uh, the guy that was situationship at the time, and the frat brother's girlfriend or ex girlfriend, those were the only two people who knew. And so he, when he asked me that question, I didn't even know how to answer, but I knew I wanted to be elusive and vague. But I was still like crossing my fingers that God would know enough to, you know, for the for the prayer to have the results that I was looking for. And so he, I just said everything, just pray for everything. I need healing and I need to be healed from everything. I was dealing with the heartbreak of that, you know, terminated situationship. I was dealing with the shame and the stigma. Didn't have any symptoms. Didn't believe that I would ever have symptoms. I just didn't come into agreement with anything that the doctors told me that day. I, I think that I was still very much in a denial phase, even a year later. Mm. So, um, yeah, so he prays for me. And I left that altar believing wholeheartedly I'm healed. I didn't even bother going to the doctor, going to nerves, getting retested, nothing like that. I I just believed fully that I was healed. And so um the the following week, this girl and I, we go to um we we're volunteers with the church's corporate office. And so we'd volunteer together and um she she hands me a sheet of paper. And I was like, what's this? And she was like, you know, this is just a sheet of paper. I did some research on some like um, some foods that we could eat that would prevent symptoms and prevent outbreaks. And I was just thinking back to the Sunday, the prayer, the altar call. And I was like, yeah, I won't be needing that. But thank you. But I I, I won't be needing it um, again, fully confirmed, like fully certain that I had been healed. And so. Um, that was that long story short. Um, I, I backslid pretty bad. Mm. I backslid and I was going back to my, you know, lifestyle of sin. And, um, I was dating a guy who kind of like went ghost, like he, he and I had been talking a while and he just disappeared and it was really unusual. And I remember just like sitting down with that feeling and Holy Spirit said, he knows. And I was like, 
And I hadn't, I hadn't shared anything with the guy. I hadn't disclosed anything, but Holy Spirit said, he knows. And I was like, okay. And I, I knew that if Holy Spirit was revealing that, um, that this guy knew half the story mm. because he didn't know about what I was believing God for. And so I, um, I can't remember if I reached out to him first or I went to the doctor first and I was just like, this conversation is going to come up. It's eventually going to come up and I need to do what I have to do. And I was, I was, even though I was like certain about my healing, there was like the spirit of fear that mm. kind of kept creeping up. And it was just like, what if you're not mm. like, what if you're just delusional? Like what if God's a liar? What, what if it doesn't manifest? And I just, I, I, I spent a couple of days battling with it. And I was just like, I need to do it. Mm. Like God's not a liar. Um, he does perform miracles. And I went to the doctor, it was the Lacha County Health Department, and I just asked them to test me. I was like, can you just please, you know, do this test? And the test came back and it was negative. Mm. And yeah. And and so when I was able to share, when, when I finally reached out to the guy and I'm like, hey, <laughs> he he was like, is there something you want to share with me? And I was like, uh, is there something you want to know? And he was like, we need to talk. And so we met up in person and we talked face to face. And I, I had shared with him that, you know, I wasn't intending to put him in a situation that would put him at risk. And I yeah. told him that, you know, I, I was living my life as if I was healed because I actually believe I'm healed. And um, I handed him the paperwork and he was able to see it. Um, needless to say that that um, whole situation didn't really last but my my vulnerability to um, victory story it involves like I, I get blood work every year just you know part of preventative care mm -hmm. and every year negative I have not had one symptom I have not had to take medications the doctors you know shared that yeah you may deal with infertility in the future and I just I just could not I, I could not come to terms with that being my reality and I really had to like dig deep. And so the, the the victory story is that I was able to, for the first time last year in 10 years, share my story um, and develop a whole organization around enabling people to heal. Mm -hmm. um, so I launched a business. It's called Thorn in the Flesh Ministries, LLC. Um, and I have uh, an online course right now. I do believe that what God was telling me to do was share my testimony. So um, the online course is like a self-paced program where people who are dealing with, you know, shame and stigma because of diagnoses like this um, can really work on shifting their mindset, um, reframing negative cognitions, um, breaking cycles of like settling for, you know, situationships because of their own lack of self-worth. Um, and that's thorninthefleshministries.com. And um, I, I plan to, in the near future, launch a group. Um, I'm still sorting out the details, whether it's going to be a virtual group or an in-person group. But um, I, I want to work with people um, to kind of counsel them through what what no one wants to talk about in church. Like, mm -hmm. no, one, no one wants to bring that up. <laughs> no. Woo, man. Uh, first, as I, I just truly want to say thank you for sharing. You didn't have to yeah. share it all. And even when you did, you didn't have to share it here um, on this mm -hmm. podcast. And so I am thankful for that. Uh, you know, I was over here. I took a few notes and I really I think one of the things that 
was really getting to me was uh, it was two things. Uh, one, you talked about the thorn in the flesh type pain. Um, mm-hmm. and But also, you know, you were saying like situationships. And I think that mm-hmm. those are you know, two key pieces here that I really, you know, um, have found to just, I can see connected to your, your story. Um, Mm -hmm. and the first is like that thorn in the flesh type pain, like, you know, um, biblically that was where, you know, Paul was like, I gotta, I Mm -hmm. like, Lord God, remove, (laughs) like remove this. But at the same time, I was like, no, like, how do you, how do you live Mm -hmm. with this? How do you experience life with this? But also, I think for you is like, how do you be vulnerable with it? So if someone's like, is that Mm -hmm. a thorn in your side? Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. like, you know, there surely is a thorn in my side. Because I think sometimes, I think that's the other piece about it is, is that you could have said like, yeah, like I understand what diagnosis I was given, Mm -hmm. you know, over 10 years ago. I get it. I accept it. I I embrace it in terms of this to the diagnosis I have. And like you said, but like you started off saying, but that was a secret that you were gonna take to the grave with you. So you it it's like, yeah, like yep, that's that's my thorn. That's mm-hmm. it truly is mine, but really it's been a it's amazing to hear how you realize like, yes, this is the thorn that's been given, but I need to be emotionally naked right now and really uh, help others see um, what this is look like for me to ultimately help them understand what it's looking like for them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, 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 you know, the situationships was just one of the implications that I had to deal with uh, just, just because of my own, my, my own low self-esteem given what happened. But what I found was last year when I had those, it was at least five or six individuals who unprompted shared with me their story. Um, one man of God who shared with me that, you know, he had an HIV scare and tested positive for HIV. Mm. Um, I don't know if he prayed fasted, but he got retested and negative. Wow. You know, um, I, I had other individuals who shared, but one of the one of the things that, that I think that impacts people so much with the with these like medical challenges is not not only the shame and the stigma, but there are also other areas of the sin. Um, and, and I'm, I'm not going to put it in quotation marks. It's actual sin, but other areas of sin that like on the surface level, when you confess. um you can you can have like it, you, the word says to confess your faults one to another so that they can pray for you and you mm-hmm. can be healed. But I know that particularly with two of the five individuals, I had been talking to them about their challenges with like masturbation. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting in both of the cases is that they had been abstinent for seven years. Mm. One guy, four years, one guy, seven years. And I was like, you know, I think it's interesting. You've been abstinent for this long, but the the spirit of lust or the spirit of sexual perversion is still showing up in this area. Like, be real with me. What's really going on? Right. And that's yeah. when they shared, you know, I'm, I, I have herpes or I had an HIV scare and I can't go around, you know, smashing chicks left and right like I want to. So now that so when so when 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 I'm praying when I was praying for them I'm I'm like asking God to like heal them from this 
this the surface level thing that I think is just, you know, masturbation, like an addiction with like pornography. But the root of it is that they're dealing with a, a condition. They're dealing with like, you know, the, those words that those doctors, you know, spoke over them, like things like that. Yeah. And um, that's what I talk about. Like vulnerability is about removing that veil, like being real, being real. There are women that deal with infertility, you know, not a lot of people will say, well, I'm dealing with infertility mm-hmm. because of it. Right. They yep. just share that in, infertility is an easier story to tell. Mm-hmm. But when you when you have to say, you know what, the doctor said that this this may cause this. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole nother another uh, level of unveiling. No, that's very true. Like, I think uh, just even focusing on that, um, I think one of the things I tell people. So a lot of people that know my wife and I's story when it comes to parenting, like, you know, mm-hmm. we are. Um, you know, uh, we are going to celebrate our daughter's uh, first birthday, and you know, but every, and I think one of the things that you know gets me is everybody's like, "Oh, so this is you know your your first child, first birth." No, this is our fourth child. Like we had three miscarriages, but what I think about is is that um, one of the things I had even talked to somebody about what you and you just talked about it kind of like that deeper rooted piece of it. And mm-hmm. it's that like, I think a lot of times when it comes to things, it's like, how do you begin to be vulnerable even within your stories of infertility? And I think that even for myself as a man, I, it wasn't until I got um, more vulnerable with my aspect of mm-hmm. my wife and I parenting journey in terms of my wife had went through all the tests. Like, mm-hmm. you know, at first, yes, my wife was not ovulating, but eventually, like, once she started, like, and went through all the tests, like, everything, she was good. It was me. And I think mm-hmm. as a man, I felt like, man, like, I'm, it's the, the issues are, you know, bearing through me. And so it's easy just like, oh, yeah, infertility, like, it happens. You know, people mm-hmm. talk about infertility, but then when you get to the deeper rooted, but it's like not a lot of, there's not a lot of conversation about, you know, men yeah. with infertility. There's not a, a lot of conversation about couples in general um, and like miscarriages and those types of things in some ways yeah. um, in, in terms of the deeper rooted issues that come up uh, with oh, yeah. it. And I think that's what I think about is, is that thinking to that situationship part is, is that when people don't begin to get emotionally naked in their, you know, don't begin to get emotionally naked in where they are, um, mm-hmm. in their stories and kind of the experiences that they've been going through, um, they create situationships even within themselves where it's like, I mean, yeah. this is a situation that I know I'm on this journey with it and everything. Like, no, we have to almost build a relationship within ourselves. And as you say, that thorn in the flesh, like we have to acknowledge that it's there and say, okay, yeah. I'm going to build a relationship with this thorn, as crazy as it sounds, yeah. but also yep. say, like, how do I take this thorn and use it not just to the benefit of myself, but to also the benefit of others, the growth of others to help them understand. And, you know, once you, as you talked about, when you were outside um, the store and you and that one uh, young woman, like you all connected in the way of being like, oh, we both have this diagnosis. Like, wait a second here. Like, okay, we both had this story. Like, how do we now connect? Mm-hmm. You know, even deeper. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's the thing is, is that, you know, 
ultimately, I don't think we realize that, again, our vulnerability takes us from life situationships to deeper relationship. And so, and I think that's something when you talked about the discipleship piece, even like that's what, you know, when Jesus was in his ministry, he was choosing this. He was like, Hey, come, come follow me. But he wanted them Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable. He also took the people that as we, as like many people know, like he took the people that weren't spot on, like perfect, you know? And so, I think that's the piece of it is where we have to realize that it is our emotional, again, it is our emotional nakedness that takes us from situationships to genuine relationships with ourselves and with others. Um, And through those relationships, we're able to better help ourselves heal and ultimately um, be a part of the healing process for others. For sure. For sure. And I think that you know, that w- with that level of transparency, I don't know, I I don't, I honestly don't know where I would be today had I not had one, at least one person that I could identify with. You know, the, the word of God says that there's nothing new under the sun, like mm-hmm. there's nothing new. So I, I, I recognized that I wasn't the first, I wasn't the last person, and I wasn't going to be the only one to ever go through this again, but I just needed a familiar face. Like I needed someone who identified with the same faith system. I needed someone who had the same story so I could see examples of how people are navigating through this. Um, And I've I've been so blessed to have um, even the five individuals, one was a client, but the other four people that like, they're my dear friends. And I was able to see, man, she got three kids like bump mm-hmm. the doctor's word that that's this is going to lead to infertility. She got three yeah. babies. I'm I'm about to have 10, you know? Oh, so, yeah. Say it. Yeah. And and I, I realize that like none of what happens to you is a surprise either because it's like God knows the end from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so my name is Joanne. And when I did some research on it, um, it's a female variant of John. And the name Joanne means the Lord has been gracious. Mm-hmm. And so we're, there were times where I would study Paul's story and he's like, take this from me. And God is like, Mm-mm, my my grace is sufficient for you. Mm-hmm. My power is made perfect in weakness. And so that, that whole grace, like the gracious, you know, the Lord has been gracious, like that really resonated with me. And it really made me like open up my eyes to the fact that God knew this was going to happen all the, all along. Mm -hmm. Like it's not something that he did to me. I was living outside of his will. Um, It's something that happens, but it didn't need to define me. My identity is rooted in Christ, not what happens to me and, and not how I behave. It's what, who God calls me to be. Yeah. Now, I think that's most one of the most amazing things is, as you just say, like God knew the story. And, and but I think one of the things is just that when we say, you know, God knows the story, I tell people one, I always tell people that one of the greatest sermons I heard or, or seen, because uh, I happened mm-hmm. to see it in person when I was in uh, college was this pastor said, like, you know what, like, we serve a God that invented math, yet didn't follow his own math in the story of the world, in the story of life, the story of creation. And he said, y'all looking at me crazy. He said, what's the shortest distance between two points? Everybody's like a straight line. Like, duh. He's like, 
But when it came to God bringing uh, the Israelites out of Egypt, like into the promised land, he didn't take a straight line saying, no, we got, they're in the wilderness, they're in this. And so I think ultimately what I get at is, is that, you know, God could easily say, all righty, on 11, 11, 11, like, you know, within the days after, you know, um, you are going to hear this. And then he could have said on 11, such and such, 12, boom, mm-hmm. like a year later. And it still would have been an amazing story. But God's like, in order for people to mm-hmm. understand the importance of emotional nakedness with me, and I think yeah. that's tying it back to the story of Adam and Eve. Like, you know, Adam was like, why God like, why are you hiding? He's like, because we were naked and afraid. It's like you have ultimate relationship with your creator and you are afraid. Yeah. Like, what are you afraid of? And I think that's the thing, as you said, that shame. We we begin to feel shame mm-hmm. because you know it is one of those things where we feel like we we have to hide stuff that really makes us who we are. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that is ultimately something of how do we move to a point um, where we can allow things about ourselves to be um, unveiled um, and really unclothed. And and so ultimately, so others can see what, you know, we ultimately look like, you know, as, as people talk about that on wedding days, when that veil gets removed as when that as it says in the word the word like there in the bible talks about when the veil is pulled back when the veil is torn in those moments like how do we begin to understand um what it is that you know god what it is that life is really trying to expose to us that's going Mm -hmm. to help us ultimately just be who we were designed to be absolutely yeah absolutely so All right. This has been such a great conversation so far. We're going to take another break and then we're going to come back and talk about some uh, specific tips for you all, as well as get any final thoughts from uh, Joanne. All righty. So welcome back. We're getting ready to start wrapping up today's episode here. So uh, this is the part where, you know, you all get to be able to have some specific tips, some takeaways, hopefully to help you all in your uh, vulnerability leads to victory journey. And so I'm just going to hand the mic right back, right back over to Joanne. And so what, what are there, you know, two to three tips you feel like you can give the listeners to help them face their uh, vulnerability leads to victory journey? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so one of the tips that I have is to like get in community. You know, um, there is so much power with being connected to people, um, but especially people who may be dealing with some of the same things that you're dealing with, because everyone is on a different path and in, in their level of journey um, or their level of healing and their journey to healing. So you can glean from people who are maybe further behind you. Um, to learn what mistakes not to reduplicate. And you can learn from the people that have actually overcome. So I would say, you know, get in community. And the second thing that I would encourage people to do is just start with telling one person. Like, I think that there's fear has this tendency to like lie to you and make you believe that opening up is going to be 
the worst thing that you can do for yourself. Like it, it's it's almost the, the level of fear can almost mimic what you think death would feel like. But in reality, it, you're not going to die. You know, you might ugly cry for a little bit. You might snot on somebody's shoulder. But, you know, if you can just start with one person, um, there's going to be so much freedom in doing that. And you get to experience the byproduct of what God promises you in his word, where he says that if you share with others, they can pray for you. You can be healed. Mm-hmm. Like you can be healed from the shame. You can be healed from the stigma. Um, you can be healed from the hiding, you know, but you you have to be able to confess first. So I would say, you know, start with one person and, and get in community. No, both of those are great tips, especially that getting community. I think what's been most amazing is, um, so this is season four, episode one, and I will say, so I've done close to 50 episodes and I will say in well over two-thirds of these episodes, some aspect of being a community comes up. And so I I bring that up because it's clearly something important. Like, clearly, as I've, you know, said at the beginning of this episode, towards the beginning of this episode, I don't know what people are going to talk about. But I, I just have this feeling that, like, if community keeps coming up, then community is clearly something that's needed. Um, and why I think it's needed is um, I used to work in higher education, and one of the things that um, in the specific area of higher education that we all that I worked in, we always talked about community. And I remember years ago I saw a banner, and there was a quote of that banner that I still even utilize to this day, even that I will continue to utilize even outside of a higher education field is is that community is not a place community is what's taking place and so yeah. i think when we well, say getting, so when we say getting community it's not like oh i'm looking for the right place to have an apartment a place a dwelling place like mm-hmm. no you find the right place to where you can be your most authentic um you know vulnerable self or going back is using your framework <laughs> where you feel like you can begin to be emotionally naked um, mm-hmm. and that's definitely going to, to help you grow and, and bring you to places that you never even knew you could get towards. Um, and then For the sure. other piece of like telling one person, like, you know, you talked about that, this, it being a secret, that this was almost a, a secret or a, something that you were going to take to your grave. And yeah. I think that's the thing is, is that, you know, there's, there's that age old, quote of that one of the, the richest places is the, mm-hmm. the you know the cemetery because it's rich of people ideas and stories and everything and I think that's the piece is like how, there are so many stories out there that have been told that have been written but I think some of the best stories are the ones that you know as I'll say this to the listeners like are the ones that you all haven't shared yet there are mm-hmm. people that need to hear your story yeah. Yeah. And there are people that are going to judge you. There are people that are going to like try to make you feel guilt, try to make you feel ashamed. But this is, as Joanne said, like this is your thorn. Like how, as it says, we're like, my grace is sufficient. Like you are not going through this 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 moment um, alone. And so, get in community, tell one person, um, and ultimately. Go from 
a situationship to a relationship with yourself and um and others. So yeah. No, it's 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 real. I like those like again, I do definitely like those tips just because they're straightforward, but also it is it's two tips that I think one can start as soon as they are done with this episode. And so I would, I wouldn't, as a matter of fact, I don't do a lot of challenges or encouragements on this, um, but I would, I, I, if I do, I usually use the word encourage, but for this, this, what I'm getting ready to say is I'm going to use the word challenge. I challenge you all as the listeners. I challenge you right now to press pause on this episode and think about the thing that you need to be emotionally naked about. I challenge you right now to write it down. And if you really want to take the next step, I challenge you to find the to find your community and tell somebody in your already established community or find that one person that you can go tell because the journey to victory starts now. Like there's no need to wait any longer because right now, it's it's a ripple effect. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's the you have the opportunity to plant a seed that's going to grow and help someone else flourish, it's going to help someone else flourish, and so on and so forth. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it, people love quotes. The there's always that be the change that what the world wants to like it change starts with you. If not yeah. now, when if not now, who all that type of stuff is you. The this is this is the universe. This is the world. This is God. This is the this is like yeah, this is the prophetic word. Some I think you all needed to hear, be encouraged by. This is Joanne's story, is the story that you all needed. Now act upon it. Like yes. don't hold back, act upon it right now yeah i would i would also add to that like do it quickly Mm. like just do it quickly because if if you allow fear to settle in uh you could commit to doing something and never actually you know you know push push the needle on it or move on it at all so do it quickly i think that for for a lot of people behavior change has to first start with the mindset shift First, like if you can shift whatever, identify like the thoughts that are connected to your silence, what's happening in your head? What are you thinking about? What are you telling yourself? What are the internal messages and narratives that you're giving yourself that's fueling um, you being bridled to silence? And once you identify those thoughts, um, especially for you guys who are believers, go to the word and find the truth. I I literally have a list of um, things that before I launched the business last year, I had to really sit down with with the thoughts that I had and um, to 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 battle those thoughts with the truth of God's word. And so for an example, one of the thoughts that I had was, what if people would judge me? Right. And so in God's word, God's word doesn't say that people won't. Mm-hmm. Right. But he does say um, that if, if you're trying to win the approval of human beings, you're not a servant of Christ. So I had to tell myself that like, okay, people are going to judge me, but I'm not winning their approval. I don't need their approval. I'm a servant of Christ and I'm not trying to please people. I'm trying to please God. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the other thought that I had was like, um, uh, I don't have a blueprint on how to do this, God. Like, I don't even know where to start. And and God says in his word that the, the beginning of knowledge is 
the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So I can get wisdom, I can get knowledge, I can get understanding, but it first needs to start with me fearing the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so if God tells me to open up my mouth, talk and share my story because I honor him and I reverence him, that he's going to give me the understanding just from me being obedient. So, you know, come up with a list of whatever mental blocks you have and go to the word, find out what the truth is and remind yourself of the truth. But, you know, share your story one person and do it quickly before allowing fear to settle in and to hijack your life. Yes, that is that is good right there. That's good right there. So um, as we, you know, truly begin to, to wrap this up, are there any other final thoughts that you want to share, final words, anything, you know, uh, you want to uh, promote a little bit more? I know you mentioned uh, Thorn yeah. in the Flesh Ministries, like anything. So go ahead and uh, start to wrap us up. Yeah. So if you if you identify with with my story or stories that are similar to this and you need a community, I do have a really confidential private Facebook group. It's one of those groups that you can't get in the search engine and type and find it because I really wanted to cultivate a space that was a a space that mimics group counseling where Mm -hmm. confidentiality and um like privacy is respected. So if you would like access to that group, you can email me freedom at thorn in the flesh ministries.com. It's freedom at thorn in the flesh ministries.com. You can also check out the website. If you want access to the course that is thorn in the flesh ministries.com. You simply say, click course and then click enroll. Um, I am on Instagram. You can find me at thorn flesh life coach, thorn flesh life coach. And yeah, Thank you again for the opportunity. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to have you on here. Um, it has truly been an honor and a privilege. Um, and so, as I said earlier, like this is, you know, episode one, and I am glad to kick it off with someone that, um, you know, as great as, as you and, and truly just be able to have this story. I think this is a great way to kick off this season in general, but also this one where, um, as I said, it's, it's women only, um, women's empowerment, women's growth, like the, the, the podcast, the revolution will be podcasting, all that I said earlier. And so I'm glad that you are, are here to help start the movement uh, for, for this season. So, yeah. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. That is the end of this first episode. Again, it's your boy, Sean John, um, here with Vulnerability Leads to Victory. Um, You know, I am so, so glad that you all are here today for so many reasons. One, um, if you are listening to this episode on its debut date, um, which is April 20th, like, you know, you have truly blessed me because it is my 35th birthday. And so I am thankful for you all, you know, giving me the gift of listening on that time. If it is after that, it's still thank you. Um, because, you know, I, I truly want this to be something that is an opportunity of growth for, for others and, and truly to bless others. And so, um, Thank you for for joining. And so, you know, we're going to end this episode how we end them all. And y'all know how this is. And if you don't, you're going to learn and you're going to join in and be ready for it the next time.
exhale before you inhale. Peace and blessings, everybody. One love.